When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 5880! Alright, let's get right into it. We are expected to have Adam Shafter of ESPN at 315, so we will not. Puts around here. Let's get right into our hot routes. No Rami, wasting uh, time on the hot routes. No, today. we can never do that. Uh, Rami Makalov is now in. Judd is gone. In. We've shooed him away. You're going to have some camp questions for me as well for later in the show. Jonathan producing as always. So let's get right to it. Odell Beckham Jr. said in a GQ story that he felt disrespected by the Giants when they traded him. He also said he wanted to be traded. You can't say, I want to be traded, and then be disrespected when they trade you. I right. guess maybe you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I, I want you guys to just blatantly disrespect a star player. Does just, this have to be warranted? No, of no, course not. No, it doesn't just, have to be warranted but, at all. I, don't, I mean, clearly Odell Beckham's sense of disrespect is totally off. Right. He doesn't know what it means to be disrespected if he requests a trade and then is traded and thinks that's disrespectful. So you want so di- do you I want, want disrespect you that's not actually someone. do you want disrespect that's not actually disrespectful? Like what if I said Adam Thielen is not a dog person. Not a dog person. Just dislikes dogs. Good for him. You know what? <laughs> Jonathan not a dog person. <laughs> if I really wanted to disrespect, I would say something like Diggs and Thielen, most overrated wide receiver tandem in the NFL. See, what if I you're was looking thinking, for something that should literally disrespect somebody. I, I was thinking just a blatant, senseless drive-by. Like, there's no reason for doing it. It's accurate. <laughs> that, like, this this player didn't do anything to you, and you just... Mitchell Trubisky's forehead, way it. too big. Perfect. <laughs> Huge forehead. Just haul off and let him have it. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with forehead? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. You can show a movie I'm coming after it. Shamar Stefan because apparently he's oh, the greatest wow. thing since yeah. sliced bread. Uh, despite what your defensive line coach says, buddy, you're not the second coming of Reggie White or John Randall. You're just going to fill in adequately, and you're not going to make everybody and their mother better at the football. Okay, wow. 
Just really going after him. If you, Sorry. you should have quoted. I don't know the what happened upgrades. concerning Shamar yeah, Stephan. I know was, I, this was, was going wild. on during the break. It I'm not sure what I walked wild. into. Oh, it was a score north download. It was, I'm uh, not a. I, I'm. I wasn't aware anybody was that passionate if, about Shamar Stephan. Uh, Andre, Andre Patterson, Patterson is for or against. <laughs> if you download our free app, which is uh, free, it's free. Yeah, then you can listen to the first hour and hear uh, what. Okay, well, I'll take this, Andrew Luck. You talk stupid. Like just like you're, the sound of your voice, it makes no sense with your face. <laughs> just, it sounds like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. I was watching Parks and Rec the other day, the episode that he shows up in, and it's just like, why do you talk that way? <laughs> really, does that happen? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Like, why? I, how? <laughs> Something getting in your throat? Can you say it puts the lotion? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on very quickly from that, um, Sam Darnold, guys, says that uh, he sees a lot more wins for the Jets this year. Of course, that will depend largely on Sam Darnold. Um, so give me the odds that people are talking about Sam Darnold as the guy who had that big sophomore jump as a quarterback, and he is in the top ten. By the end of the season, percentage I, chance. I like Sam Darnold. Do you, do you like Sam Darnold? What you I saw of him like, in his rookie season? Scares me a little because he loves to be reckless. But yes, the last few games of his rookie season were very. good. I wouldn't even put the odds that that astronomical. I, I would say like eight to one, seven to one, eight to one that he's a top ten quarterback. I mean, there isn't a lot of great quarterback play happening around the NFL right now, and you got to factor in. Hate to say it, but there will probably be one or two injuries. Of guys who will be knocked out of the picture as a top 10 quarterback. That just happens. That's just reality. So I I would say it's probably 7 or 8 to 1 that Sam Darnold is a top 10 quarterback. So put that in percentage-wise. Like, what percentage change? Oh, you want a percentage? Oh, okay. I don't Um, understand odds either. I'm not much of a better either. When you said odds, I thought you meant like gambling odds. I just meant Um, percentage. Like 60, 65 percent? Oh, wow. Okay, that's a really high percent chance for you then. I'm saying less than 20 percent. I don't trust the rest of the weapons besides Le'Veon Bell. In that offense, and look at his head coaches, and you can barely tell where that he's holds looking. Me back a little, to be honest. So I'm <laughs> not willing to trust that Sam Darnold's going to be considered a top ten quarterback at the end of the year. Sam, why did you throw it left, uh, Coach? That was clearly right. I don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> I'm going to go coin flip. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go fifty-fifty shot because that sophomore jump is real. Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky, Jared Goff, these younger quarterbacks—they struggle with bad teams. Team gets a little bit better. They change coaches, and maybe that'll help. Maybe it won't. And uh, I think he is extremely talented, but he throws a lot of picks and a lot of ill-advised footballs. But if uh, you look at his end of the year, just how he performed, to, we, we just wrote him off, right? Like, oh, okay, Jets, they don't matter. We're not watching any of their games. But I went back and looked at the end of his last season, and his final stretch was really, really good. So I think there's probably a 50% chance. All right, our next one. Steve Spurrier tweeted out a picture of a ring that he has for winning the AAF thing like they didn't, didn't have a they title just give game. it out by default like i said you had the so. best, best record, record when we liquid uh, liquidized the whole league yes. so they gave him an actual ring uh, i want you guys to give me a player or coach in the nfl who has a championship ring that they did not deserve i know i know a few of them went on to be good football players but any Brett Favre backup quarterback <laughs> when he just was never going to miss a game like you could, you were totally an ancillary piece to that team. Nobody ever expected you to step on the football field. You were just there. You were a body to hold a clipboard and wear a headset. What about scout team? 
Doug Peterson ran a great scout team. Okay. <laughs> a lot of guys can run scout team. That doesn't get you a ring. I'm just kidding. Okay. Can I say Bill Belichick from Super Bowl 51 no. when he yes, was down 28 yes, to 3? Never Bill Belichick. There's no reason they should have won that game. The Falcons should have done everything that a smart NFL team does to hold on to that lead, but they blew a 28 to 3 lead to Bill Belichick and his team. I guess I was going to I know it's with, a hot take, but I, was, I don't care. But, but I was going to go the same direction. I was going to say Malcolm Butler. I mean, yeah. The, the, run the ball. I yeah. mean, hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch and let him run in the end zone and win the Super Bowl, Seahawks. What are you doing? <laughs> don't throw it right to their guy. <laughs> yeah. What are you thinking? Are you okay? <laughs> you seem like you're still wrapped up in this. A little bit. Okay. Uh, it's very it was very upsetting. I very can upsetting. see. Um Backup quarterbacks are a good one, but I was also thinking about... And Not I, just any backup and, quarterback. Brett Favre's backup. Yes, right. I mean, you were never getting a shot, exactly. so why are you even here? Exactly. Um, the other the other way I thought of this, too, was when Tampa Bay won it in 2002. Yeah. John Gruden just shows up and takes Tony Dungy's team and wins a Super Bowl. <laughs> and I like John Gruden a lot. I'd like to see him succeed because he's a great character in football, and we just need more of those. But Oakland mailing it in in that game. It was one of the most pathetic performances. Didn't they Tampa have players Bay, go missing like the night they, before? Uh, was it Barrett Robbins? That's I think right. His name was. Yeah. He, just went, he went missing, and there are Raiders players who still claim to this day that uh, Tampa Bay had their playbook or something or had their game plan. Right. It was just that was a disaster. I would also say this. Here's a uh, maybe slightly odd take, but like Peyton Manning's second ring, everybody give him back. I mean, Peyton Manning was just, <laughs> Peyton Manning was awful. He was awful. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody give him back. Your quarterback was terrible, and he gets the second ring. He's like, oh, Manning won two rings. He was awful. That was the turf that won it. It was Mike I feel like he fumbling. earned those. I feel like he earned those earlier in his career, though. He paid his dues. Yeah. I guess. Paid that, his that, dues. That one, I think only that, Peyton should have to return it because he was awful. That defense was pretty dang good. I'll though. tell you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Everyone yeah, on Miller offense give it back. Yeah. Yeah. But it's one of the most obnoxious Super Bowls for this reason. Because then when your team has a bad quarterback, you'd be like, oh, Peyton Manning, 2015, they won. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer, give it back. It's not fair. It's not fair that Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl <laughs> ring and not like Dan Marino. I was going to say Trent Dilfer. <laughs> that was the first name that popped into my head. Hey, but Tony Banks couldn't get the job done for That's that true. team. So That's Trent Dilfer true. had to cut. I'm if you go back with a fine-tooth comb and look through the season, he kind of did the things that he needed to do to win. But Which wasn't like, very much. But they went like six games yeah. without a touchdown or they something. They could score 13 points, and it was a win with that defense. And just having been in Buffalo and done sports radio there, the number of people who called in and went like, uh, Trent Dilfer, so we can win with EJ Manuel. Like, no, you can't. <laughs> I think we can win with this Trent Edwards guy. No, no. Brian Brom is not winning you any games. Wow. All right. Um, I was just searching through Pro Football Talk. This is one of the ways I prepare for hot routes. So just scrolling through, scrolling through. And uh, it included back-to-back stories. One guy named Todd Davis and another guy named David Williams. These are guys who are just added to NFL teams. Mm-hmm. Which made me think of this. Who is the greatest football player of all time who has an extremely generic name? Mm. I've got four of them that I came up with. You okay. got four? Yeah. Jim Brown. Okay. That's Absolutely. a really good one. Absolutely. That's much better than mine. I already forfeit. Does Joe Green pop up there? Yeah, I think Joe Green's Joe pretty Green, generic. Yeah, that's really this is generic. The thing is that when you know them, you're like, oh, that's not generic. Yeah. But like Todd Davis, who the hell is that? Right. right. Bruce Smith. Yeah, Bruce Smith is pretty. That, that could be any guy on your street. And then Steve Young. 
Steve Young. Pretty any anyone in Utah is named Steve Young. Yeah, I had uh, Chris Johnson and David Johnson. The, oh, the two yes. running backs. Okay. Yes. Uh, I thought of a couple as well. Uh, Robert Smith. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's a, a pretty straightforward name. I mean, even Chris Carter. Pretty generic. That is super generic. Yeah, it's really you don't really generic. think about it, but yeah. Jake there, Reed. Or a gazillion. Jake Reed is pretty straightforward. But I think the best ever, aside from Jim Brown, is probably Joe Thomas. Yeah. Like there are 7,000 people in Minnesota named Joe Thomas. But he's the best Joe Thomas for Cleveland. Probably. I would have to imagine. Uh, another one is Andre Johnson. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Even even like Calvin Johnson was a little more unique. The Calvin's not a super mm-hmm. regular name in, in the 2000s. But Andre Johnson. Does Jerry Rice pop up there? Is that kind no. of? I don't think so. I think it's enough. It's enough unique. Although really? rice, rice, rice is, is the most popular food in the world, so it's pretty common. I didn't know that. It is. Okay, last one. The Vikings were really. This is the most ridiculous question in the history of hot rods. <laughs> well, I've got the right answer. Do you? The uh, the Vikings. It's a long snapper for you. No, but it should be. They drafted four seventh rounders. For what the hell reason? I don't know. I really will never understand this. As, as long as I live, why they draft so many seventh rounders? Do any of them? I mean, I guess Stephen Weatherly has worked out. So maybe you get one. Trading back for more seventh rounders is a great Vikings tradition. It makes that draft Saturday really long. Um, I want you guys to take one of these seventh rounders. You know who else was a seventh rounder? Who's that? Your boy, Shamar Stefan. That's right. That's why. <laughs> that must be why they were so inspired by Shamar Stefan. They said, we need to find the next Shamar Stefan. I'm t- he is good. Like I'm not telling Andre Patterson about defensive linemen. It's just that you were talking about Lawrence Taylor there. I, mean, I wasn't. I got to hear these comments Okay, just now. play it. Just play it before okay. we pick our guy. Hold on. Let me pull up that page. Lamar Stephan is, is the, the real deal. This guy is for real. And it's a great thing that we have him back yeah. on our football team. Shamar makes all the guys around him better. And he was a big reason why we had the number one defense in the league the year before. Because what Shamar does is he makes Anthony Barr better. He makes Eric Kendricks better. He makes Limbo Joseph better. Because he's going to be where he's supposed to be. He's going to play it great technique. And he frees those guys up. This guy is one of the best in the league at doing his job. I am so glad that we have him back. The day he walked back in this building, he made our defense. If I played this for you, you'd be like, oh, Aaron Donald. Or like Fletcher Cox. I know what happened here. Jonathan did that thing where he cuts oh, the tape. Is that what you did? <laughs> that was somebody talk that way. He was talking about Daniil Hunter. And Jonathan just took a clip of him saying Shamar Stefan and just put it at the front of, of the paragraph. That has to be I mean, what I happened swear. there. I'm good. I, I can it's, do audio editing pretty well. I'm John, not that yeah, good. It's a John Randall analysis. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So pick your guy. Who's your seventh round guy? Only seventh rounders, you get to select a guy that becomes your guy, and through all of camp, you have to root like crazy for this seventh rounder. I just like fun names to say, so I'm going with pick number 247, wide receiver out of Colorado State, Ola BC Johnson. Ola BC. Ola BC. Ola BC and you on some other team. I'm going with the other wide receiver selected oh, in the seventh round, Dylan Mitchell. Oh, long snapper. Set a school record at Oregon for receiving yards in a season at Oregon, the home of offense. Yep. And he sets the mm-hmm. 
the single season receiving record, I'm taking Dylan Mitchell. Okay, I, I was like going to pitch uh, pick Dylan Mitchell, but instead I will go with Chris Boyd and not the long snapper. Uh, I have no idea if the long snapper is going to make the team. I have no idea if he's even doing a good football on the side when he's snapping. I, I can't tell that. When your last name I, is Cutting. That's a bad omen for you when you're trying to make a roster. Mm, good point. Yes. Good point. Or it could be like Homer Bailey, who's had to overcome being named Homer as a pitcher. As a pitcher. Yeah. Like you have to be extra good to make football teams when your name is about being cut. So I will go with Chris Boyd, a guy that, I mean, kind of every seventh rounder is under the radar, but he went to Texas. He's a cornerback. He's got some of the specs that Mike Zimmer likes. He's tall. He's got some length there. And, uh, He's going to make everyone better around him, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad about this because wow. I like Shamar and I like Andre Patterson. But I mean, what? I mean, that's just too much. That's just way too much. All right. Uh, at some point, we're supposed to have Adam Schefter coming on here. But uh, I want you, Rami, to just start asking me questions about camp because you have been on your guys' show, Mackie and Judd with Rami, mm-hmm. in the afternoon from yes. 4 to 6, free show. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys For have, a limited time, possibly. Um no, it's, it's just, just make them think it gonna, might be for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, time. yeah. Go, yeah. So go now to listen to the show. Exactly. Because it's free. For um, now. Ryan on Twitter says, uh, undeserving of a Super Bowl ring is the 2009 New Orleans Saints. Hey, they didn't put all those people in the huddle. Okay. Right? Like, <laughs> they didn't throw that pass. Nope. They didn't throw it across their body. <laughs> they, <laughs> Brett Favre has 10 yards to run there, just wide open. He could have checked it down. They didn't fumble the ball at the goal line. <laughs> That's not their fault. All they did was try to injure your quarterback, which I'm just saying is probably not the first time in NFL history where a quarterback has been tried, uh, a team has tried to injure a quarterback. I would bet right? on it. Probably yeah. not. I'd bet that's happened before. So, not condoning it, but it, that, that I'm was the, sure it's happened. The thing about Vikings fans celebrating when New Orleans had the bad call go against them, yeah. it was like, well, you know, okay, I mean, okay, like, I, I don't, I get why you have this thing against, um, you know, New Orleans because they tried to hurt Brett Favre and so forth, but just like to maybe go check and see if any other teams ever tried to hurt any other quarterbacks on purpose in the football. Probably did happen. And again, they didn't make you melt down. You melted down on your own. Like nobody blames the Falcons when the Vikings melt down in nineteen ninety eight and missed the field goal. So why do you blame New Orleans for you fumbling all the time? Your team team throwing back across their body to the middle of the field. Because it's fun to blame others. Yeah, it is. It's better that way. Yeah. No, it I feels think, better. I think that's right. right. Okay. All right. So you can ask me some training camp questions later, Rami, because right. now we are going to bring in from ESPN reporter Adam Schefter. How are you, Adam? Hello there, Matt. How you doing? Uh, doing really well. So, Adam, before we get going on some stuff with uh, training camp and the NFL season getting into action, uh, you broke some big news last week about Wing Tuesdays with Buffalo Wild Wings. A, I would love to know what your mentions looked like after that, and uh, B, why don't, you, why don't you tell us about uh, about Wing Tuesdays for Buffalo Wild Wings? Well, I, I think everybody knows in the mentions that basically when Buffalo Wild Wings offers two for one on Tuesdays and bring it back, it's a great deal. It, 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 it's every Tuesday and everybody wins. So uh, I'm sure that, that that's what the mentions were, right? That that everybody wins, wings for everybody, two for one, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Buffalo Wild Wings gets the first win of the NFL season. There you go. I mean, that's um, the type of news I want. <laughs> this is right. Yes, <laughs> that's wing exactly news. what I want to hear uh, about. BuffaloWildWings.com for more on that, and uh, they have enlisted you. Um, because you have the inside scoop on wings is awesome. Do you ever check your mentions, Adam? You get so many. You get like a thousand responses for anything. 
I, I, I can say that I, I rarely do it. I'm not going to say I never do it, but I try never to do it. <laughs> okay, okay that, that's probably for the best. Um, Adam, I, I want to ask you just about uh, you know what you think of this Minnesota Vikings season because I, I think that going into camp here, it's really fascinating coming off an 8-7 and one year, and now there's a lot of pressure on both Mike Zimmer and the front office. Well, there's pressure on everybody every year in the NFL. If you don't win, then people are going to hold you accountable. And I think that what you're looking at in Minnesota is the Vikings made a big, bold move for a expensive quarterback, who I really like in Kirk Cousins. And I think some people might have been disappointed last year, but only because of the price that they paid. Like, he played okay. And I think he'll be even better this year. And now this year, I think people forget, you know, one year ago today, one year ago today, the Vikings lost Tony Sperano. He's a great man. He was a great coach, and he meant an awful lot to that organization. And when you lose somebody like that on the eve of training camp, it's very difficult to replace him. And and they've done, you're never going to replace him, quite frankly, but they've done as good a job as they can this offseason. They went out and they hired Gary Kubiak and Rick Dennison and Brian Periani, who I've known for I don't know, 25, 30 years. These guys are excellent football coaches. They will bring back what the Vikings have wanted to do in the past, running the football, establishing the ground game, setting up play-action passes. And, and I think that they'll make a huge difference in conjunction with Kevin Stefanski taking over as the offensive coordinator there. So I mean, they've got the right people there that they need. They, they, they just, last year, it was a lot to overcome. With a new quarterback, and so the quarterback's there for another year, new coaches, and, and, and you start training camp very hopeful that things are going to work out this year. Talking with ESPN's Adam Schefter. Well, you bring up Gary Kubiak, and that is uh, one of the fascinating storylines is exactly what kind of impact Gary Kubiak can have on this Minnesota Vikings team. What is, what is your understanding of kind of where Gary is at in his career because he's taking on an assistant role here to help Kevin Stefanski, and what type of impact that might be able to have on the Vikings offense? Well, first of all, that's what Gary wants. Gary doesn't want the responsibility and pressure of having to run an entire organization. That, that, he had that in Denver. They won a Super Bowl, and he walked away the next year. It, it, just, it, it was more than he wanted at this stage of his life uh, with some of the health concerns that he's had. And so he, he wanted to take a step back in that regard, and he's done that. I think him being away from coaching has kind of rekindled the fire to get him back into it, uh, which he's done. And now he's all ready to get back into it full throttle, um, I, you know, listen, I think somebody like Kevin Stefanski is, is going to benefit enormously from being around a guy like Gary Kubiak. He's an excellent play caller. He knows just what he's doing on offense. He's seasoned. He's experienced. He's done it for a long period of time. He's been productive. And so I think the entire organization benefits from having a guy like Gary Kubiak around, uh, including Kevin. And this is something that Gary wanted. I mean, that he was desired enough. There were people that you know, would have asked about him as a head coaching cat. It's not what he wanted to do. He's doing what he wanted to do, mm. serving that role. So it's a win for the Vikings, and it's a win for Gary Kubiak. Adam, a lot of the a lot of the focus is on the offense and on Kirk Cousins, obviously, because it's the NFL and quarterbacks yeah. and money, etc. But I think Kirk Cousins was brought in to complement a championship level defense. How do the Vikings get back to that? Because I think that's the quickest path to to a Super Bowl contention for this team. Yeah, and that's where that pressure falls on Mike Zimmer, right? Because that's that's his area. 
You know, the offense has been turned over to Kevin Gary and, and, and Mike and the others should take care of the defense and we'll take care of the defense. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it slacked off last year. You had um, some players missing good injuries. Some guys didn't perform as well as you would have thought for various reasons. And, and again, when you go to camp at a time like this, to me, the Vikings should have one of the five best defenses in the league. You look it on paper. These guys are really good. They're really good. And and in that dome, in that setting, um, you know, they're running a the football. I, I expect the Vikings' defense to be improved. And so if the defense is improved and the offense is improved, we're talking about one of the teams that should be in the thick of things in the NFC. And I, and I expect that. I'd be disappointed if they weren't. Talking with ESPN's Adam Schefter. Now, what what might play a role in determining that, Adam, is just how good the Green Bay Packers are. And that is one of the top storylines going into training camp is Matt LaFleur, his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. What is your understanding of what Matt LaFleur will do differently in Green Bay to get the most out of Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, for whatever reason, had run its course. I think that you know, Aaron Rodgers wanted to try working with somebody else. That's what it certainly seemed like. And now you bring in a guy, uh, different perspective, younger. Everybody's waiting to see how this relationship evolves. Aaron Rodgers is a very strong personality. He's as talented as any quarterback in the game. And, and you want to see that these two guys, you want to see that they can work together and elevate Aaron's game. Because, frankly, this team... It's hard to imagine that they won only one Super Bowl down Rodgers because he's that good that you would think that they'd win more, and it's only been one. And they haven't gotten as far as you would think in various years. Uh, injuries, poor production, poor performance, whatever it may be. So this is why you go out and make a change, get rid of a decorated coach, Mike McCarthy. Uh, but sometimes when you do that, it's good for everybody to get a different perspective, uh, different message, different practice schedule, different routines, and I think the Packers felt like this was the time to do that. The question popped up of how how coachable is Aaron Rodgers because of everything that went down with him and Mike McCarthy, and already during some mini camps in the offseason, Rodgers made some remarks about having all the freedom he wants when it comes to audibles at the line of scrimmage, and, and that raised some eyebrows. Is that... Is that people in the media just looking for something, Adam, or do you think that there is a, a red flag or a concern there when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and, and his coaches? Yeah, I, I think, honestly, it's people looking for something to, to report on in a quiet offseason. Like, you know, a lot of quarterbacks change a lot of things with the line of scrimmage. They, they're not going to strictly defer to the coach all the time. Um, these things happen during the course of a game. Everybody's going to be analyzing that relationship because of the way that the Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers' relationship evolved because of Aaron Rodgers' wishes, because of the things that he said and done. Um, yeah, well, let's see how it plays out. Like, if they're winning games, I guarantee people aren't going to be talking too much about it. If they're losing, uh, we're going to keep talking about that relationship and focusing in on it. Adam, tell me where you're really looking forward to going in camp. I had a chance once to go to Pittsburgh's camp in Latrobe, and it's the most football thing that's ever happened to me. You know, cause it's, <laughs> it's just like out in the middle of nowhere, and it's awesome. Where is your favorite place to go that you look forward to visiting each year? Yeah, you know, I, I've had the great fortune of going to you know a lot of camps, most camps, but with ESPN, I, de- I don't get to go to training camps. They keep me kind of in the cages. I like to say I'm I'm either in. ESPN at headquarters or at my house, but you know this year they changed up during the season. I'm actually going to be going to the Monday night games and doing Monday night countdown from the site of Monday night football 
And so I'm really fired up to do that this year and get out and about because in 10 years here at ESPN, and it's been a tremendous run, I've loved being there. 10 years, I really have not had all that much face-to-face contact with a lot of uh, people that I have relationships with around the league. So this is a year that I'll get to do that, but it just won't be in training camp. Really? I didn't realize that they didn't ever uh, send you out there. You're missing out, man, on lots of sweaty and sunscreen reporters that you get to talk to out there. <laughs> yes, I know. Everybody's got, got an advantage where they get to go see people and pay visits and sit down and talk, and I haven't done that for 10 years. I've been like living in solitary confinement in a uh, little TV studio in Bristol, Connecticut. Do they just lock you and Adrian Wojnarowski in a room with like six cell phones each, and you you guys just work the phones all day and get all the scoops? And chargers, too. Don't forget the chargers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Adam, before I uh, let you go here, really appreciate your time. Is there any other Buffalo Wild Wings news that you would like to break on the show? Well, I, I, I just think it's important that people know it's two for one here, right? Like, we got Tuesdays now, and Buffalo Wild Wings, like I said, 1-0 for the season. And, you know, personally, I'm a traditional medium sauce guy, so when I go in on Tuesday and place my small order of traditional medium wings, get a second order for free. So works for any size. Sky's the limit on the wing order. Go get a bunch of Buffalo Wild Wings on Tuesdays. Uh, wild, wild Wing Day is uh, Wing Tuesdays is back. All right, very good. And we have one right down the road here, so we visit that very frequently. You never get crazy with like a garlic parmesan or a Thai chili, Adam? Anything like that ever? I'm, I'm, I'm a traditional sauce kind of guy, traditional right. medium sauce kind of guy. Fair enough. You respect that. All right, Adam Schefter, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Matt, have a great one. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the summer and enjoy training camp. All right, thanks. Um, Adam Schefter there. They don't send him out. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Was I supposed to know that? I thought that they would have, like, let him out of his cage and allowed him to go. Come to think of it. Visit football I only places. see Adam Schefter in the studio habitat. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. They don't let him roam wild. I guess I would have thought that he would have uh, at least some trips to different training camps because they are very different. Pittsburgh's is amazing. I mean, it feels like John Facenda should be um, just like narrating your walk up toward it because you park in a field. (laughs) Matthew Collar had dreamed of this day. One step closer (laughs) to a Super Bowl. Now even another step. He stepped over something. <laughs> Even the summer heat raising off the parking lot pavement couldn't stop him. Shamar Stefan was preparing to become the greatest defensive tackle in the league's history. <laughs> he made everyone around him better. <laughs> Anthony Barr didn't know what to do last year without him. He ran aimlessly in circles and then resigned at the end of the season. You know what the one of the best parts of those is they'll give the number of the player. If anybody's ever watched these old NFL films, is it'll be Anthony Barr, number fifty-five, murdered Aaron Rodgers in twenty seventeen. It's it's the freaking best. All right. Well, there was Adam Schefter that talking about football and wings and how he's not allowed to see the sun. Um, Are people mean to him in his mentions when he mentions Buffalo Wild Wings? Is that what you meant? Tell me if you think this is funny. Uh Because there are some things, like 69 jokes, that I think are funny. Sure, yeah. uh, I made them for a week during the All-Star break because that was a magic number, so yes. Childish, dumb things. And when Adam Schefter tweets out anything, he could tweet, okay, the Vikings re-signed Shamar Stefan, and people will be like, Adam, my wife left me. 
<laughs> that's what that tweet. It doesn't make any sense, but it makes me laugh every time I open up the tweet to just see if people are saying that their wives left. <laughs> My favorite was uh, when everybody was waiting to hear what Kawhi Leonard was going to do. Adrian Wojnarowski could not tweet about anything but Kawhi Leonard without oh, his yes, mentions yes. getting filled What's up going with, with Kawhi hate. And yes. Else, yeah. All right, so uh, Adam touched on the impact that Gary Kubiak can have on Kevin Stefanski, the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. So if you missed any of that, we have streamed it on Twitter.com. It's on our free app, our free website, our free podcast that you can get on iTunes, which I think is free to download For now. in itself. Uh, but, but get it now. Exactly. Join me and Dan Terhar for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and Vancouver Whitecaps this Saturday night with pregame at 6.30 p.m. and kick at 7 p.m. right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. I can't concentrate on anything around me. It's just football, man. It's like it's coming. It's here. I want to talk about new things people said as opposed to... Just we haven't had any press conferences in a while. Haven't seen any practices in a while. Next week, nobody's been running on the field. No, th- tomorrow. Well, yeah, but next week it's like full swing yeah, training yeah. camp. That's when pads. Yeah, right. Pads are Sunday. Right. And everybody knows when the pads start popping. Mm-hmm. That's when we're really in action. What did Randy but, say on Mackie and Judd with Rami, Jonathan? He said, uh, "Have you ever heard two helmets pop together? It makes me f- makes me feel snug. Makes, makes me feel snug. snug. Makes yeah. me snug." So I want to know. Yes. What you want to know? About training camp because you have been really um, into twins mostly because right. they're in first place and they've been like playing games. So I guess I can understand why playing you real games talk yeah, about exactly them a yeah. lot on <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami uh, in the afternoons four to six. By the way, so you got to get prepped. You got to get ready for training camp. I do nothing but football three sixty five. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to know? What are you interested? Let in? me ask you a question about Matthew Collar going to training camp okay, before I ask you about Vikings training sure. camp. What's the position group that you love watching most? Because I had a position mm-hmm. group. That I loved watching most when I used to go to training camp. Mm, that's a good question. I, in terms of things that I get excited for on a daily basis, the wide receiver versus corner drills before they get all together eleven on eleven. When it's just receiver, corner, quarterback thrown in the ball, and the way those guys compete with each other, the speed that's involved, the technique that's involved. It's really something to watch. And last year, Stephon Diggs beat Xavier Rhodes so many times that they got in a fight and were thrown out of practice. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's was, uh, fun. Th- there was a lot going on there. And uh, Diggs has routinely embarrassed people. But those battles, because Rhodes is obviously a great player too, and watching those guys go at it is really something. I think that that's my favorite part on a daily basis. My dad used to take us to Bears training camp in Platteville when they used to hold it there right over the the Illinois Illinois border and um I used to love it I never realized growing up watching football as a kid how ridiculous of athletes offensive and defensive linemen are. Oh yeah. Cuz when you watch on TV and you're just a kid growing up it's just a mass of humanity in the middle of the field. You can't really you can't <laughs> yes. really tell what's going on in there. You know what I mean? You can tell just by looking at them. These are humongous human beings. Mm-hmm. They must be they must have superhuman strength. But 
when you get to training camp and th- it's not a massive humanity, it's like one guy against one guy or yeah. Oh, yeah, one, one guy on one drills. or one guy against yes. a sled even. And you see how fast and how violently their hands move, mm-hmm. even their feet. Like these guys are 300 plus pounds and they run faster than almost anybody who you'll come across on a day to day basis. And the quickness and the explosion off the line, like out of the stance. It's it's insane. It's crazy when you see it up close and sort of in a spotlight rather than a mm-hmm. bunch of guys just huddled together in this giant mosh pit. When the offensive and defensive linemen line up in basically a circle and then there's two guys that just go at it there and yeah. the defensive linemen is trying to beat the offensive linemen, that is, first of all, like the sheer power of standing near that and watching that is like being near a freight train going by. I mean, it's unbelievable when you see Linval Joseph against somebody else and they just crash into each other. Um, that's super fun. And to watch, like, you sort of figure out, even just from those drills, who can play and who can't play. So right. when you're trying to watch the seventh rounders, for example, like we were talking about earlier. Like a, the when, legend Shamar Stefan. The legend Shamar exactly. Stefan and his incredible technique. He played, I, I looked this up, 354 snaps in 2017. And Andre Patterson said he was the reason they were the number one defense. <laughs> Sheldon Richardson played there last year. Sheldon Richardson. <laughs> Like a pro bowler. Yeah, well, they went 13 and 3 with Shamar Stefan. They didn't do, go 13 and 3 with Sheldon Richardson. That's a little bit of a beef I have with uh, Twins Twitter right now is when Buxton doesn't play, they're 11 and 14. Like, really? Like, one player is the entire win loss record? Did anyone pitch in those games? Anyway. Can we just call Shamar Stefan the legend from now on? Can we just all agree that's his nickname? The Ledge? The Windmaker? I mean, just like. <laughs> That's our that's our state fair T-shirt. Shamar Stefan, the legend. They've been putting win loss records on quarterbacks and not backup defensive tackles. I don't know why. That was amazing. That's a tough one. That was amazing. Um, anyway, so uh, all right. Well, what else do you got? What what else is on your mind as we go into training camp? When do you think we will start to see the effects? Of Gary Kubiak and this new Kevin Stefanski offense. So is, is that something we'll be able to tell in training camp, or do we have to wait for games? Oh, no, you can tell. Um, this is one of the biggest, I guess, myths, maybe, is when people say, like, oh, don't don't worry about how a team looks in camp, or don't worry about how they look in preseason. Now, of course, there will be good moments and bad moments in preseason. They're not game planning or anything else like that. In practice, though, you can tell. You can tell what's going to go on there. In 2017 is a good example. Now, Case Keenum was mostly awful in training camp, but the offense looked really good in training camp. When Sam Bradford was running it, you could see the talent level that was around. And according to you, Sam Bradford. Oh, he was the goat. Unbelievable. Of practice QBs. He was unbelievable. The goat. They didn't draft him number one overall. No, no I get it. I I understand. He had an amazing. I believe it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. The night practice, he threw a touchdown to Stephon Diggs that I'm not kidding was 55 yards in the air and just dropped in perfectly into a tiny window into the end zone. It was like, what was that? <laughs> I mean, that was unbelievable. And, and he, I mean, he would just sling it around. And then, I mean, it's, he, he had some moments in games where Sam Bradford was absolutely fantastic. So you saw kind of why people kept giving him money and extra chances. It was just that the knee didn't really hold right. up for him. So yeah. anyway, last year, we could tell uh, there's some things wrong here. They would do two-minute drills and never score. 
Like this Vikings defense we know is amazing, but never score on two minute drills. They had to stop the drills sometimes because it was going so poorly. And the offensive line was getting murdered last year in training camp as they were in the regular season. Tom Compton, it was very clear, was not going to be able to hold up and for no, 16 no games. And no part I mean, of you said, this is just a really good defense going against an offense that's got a new quarterback, new coordinator. They're just trying to figure this thing out. I love... Um, because have, I that's love, because of the... Now, there are only mini camps and OTAs or whatever the case may be, but that's been the story that I've read coming out of there, is that the defense is basically dominating the offense, but everybody's going, that's... That's what you should expect. This is a great mm. defense, and it's only going to make us better getting our butts kicked every every day in practice. Now, yes, that's true. That oh, uh, what is it? Iron sharpens iron, or sure, something yeah. like. Oh, yeah, we're in <laughs> we're in football mode. Um, <laughs> getting your ass kicked does not help you get better at stuff. I mean, it's like, hey, when you were eight and your dad blocked every shot you tried to take, like, were you better at basketball? Like, no, you weren't. That's the Vikings' offense in minicamp was just getting their shot blocked every single time. Right. And if the Vikings defense isn't going to let up a little bit, I think it could be hard for them to install a new offense and improve quickly. That's how it kind of felt last year, is that they were just getting whooped on a daily basis by this great defense. And Zimmer always wants his defense to be good. But I remember last year, John Filippo made some comment about, yeah, the defense isn't supposed to be making those checks just yet, but they were anyway. It's like, okay. <laughs> and he was kind of trying to like make it sound as if he was, oh, you know, that defense is so good, they just make the checks even when they're not supposed to. And you're like, are you mad about that? Or because your offense looked real not good? Um, so I think we will get a sense pretty quickly of whether the offense is starting to figure it out or not. I would say... Maybe like the second week, third week. That's when you're in the dog days of training camp and they start to know the offense. If they're still going out there 11 on 11 and badly struggling, you're going to get the feeling that maybe this isn't going to work the way that we've drawn it up. Do you have a feeling from OTAs and mini camps of how the chain of command on the offense is going to work? Because there is some questions, some gray area as to whose offense it is between Kubiak and Stefanski. And some of the stuff I was reading coming out of OTAs sounded kind of weird, like Gary Kubiak standing behind Kirk Cousins 20 or 30 yards down the field, screaming out what he was seeing in the defense to Kirk Cousins. I believe I read that in one article. Not screaming it out, but calling it out loud enough that, not like in an angry scream, but calling it out loud enough that Cousins could hear it. Um, so this is one of my favorite parts of the 2019 Vikings and something that if it goes sideways, we'll joke about forever. And if it goes right, well, maybe we'll get an answer someday is what exactly Gary Kubiak does here. I mean, what exactly is his job? <laughs> uh, we don't really know. I it mean, sounds it, like he's part Mike Zimmer's counselor and like therapist. <laughs> yeah, they just I seem mean, talk football for hours. Right. That's the thing is that Kubiak is clearly in charge in a way of the offense, but he's not the play caller. He's not the offensive coordinator. I don't know who has the final say, if it's Gary Kubiak or if it's Kevin Stefanski. I don't know if Kubiak has power over Stefanski to make roster decisions. We don't really know any of this stuff because we kept asking, but it kind of went like this. Hey, Gary, so how'd you get here? Like, by plane, train, car? And he's like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> like, okay. So who called who? Are you interested in this job? Are they interested in you? 
Man, I don't know. Technology today. Maybe it was a DM. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, we just can't get anything. Are you actually Gary Kubiak? <laughs> Uh, I wanna, that's what they've been calling me my whole life. I uh, I want to address something that's that's going to make me laugh for okay. the entire season. Real All quick, right, is so I put out my fifty three man roster projection that has very few upsets because whatever pre camp fifty three man roster, and uh, I got no way Sean Mannion beats Al Kyle Slaughter. <laughs> and here, Rami, you and I, um, we need to like join arms right now and totally agree. That this backup quarterback competition this year means absolutely nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing. They never it do. It doesn't matter. They never do. It doesn't ma- they They do sometimes. Almost never do. Because I saw Case Keenum almost lose the job in camp. But, and we saw Nick Foles win, win a Super Bowl. Right. And we saw okay. Jeff Hostetler so, win a Super Bowl. But and, that's only if you have a quarterback who can actually play. Exactly. Like, we knew that Case Keenum could actually play in right. the NFL. He had before. Sean Manning has barely ever played. Kyle Sloter has never been anything more than a number three and has only played the fourth quarter of preseason games. He's not coming in and leading you to the NFC Championship. Kirk Cousins is so... I'm going to try not to swear here because, like, Kirk Cousins is so much freaking better than these guys. It's, it's like, hysterical. And he went 8-7. and Do people really (laughs) think Kyle Soder might be better than Kirk Cousins? Is that a thing? Is that a mindset? I think there's some out there. there. I think there's some out there who, who might think that, but you'd have to be kind of a lunatic. I mean, like, people who think that it matters whether you have Kyle Sloter or Sean Mannion. Is it... Kyle, like Kirk Cousins is on so much of a better level, and we're talking about well, can he win nine or ten games? What are these guys going to win if they go in with this team? They're going to win four. Nothing. Yeah, it's it, it. You don't have a real backup right now. If you your have starting quarterback goes down, you have a Kirk Cousins friend. Cancel. Christmas. Who wants to be Kirk Cousins' friend? Nobody. Is it Sean or is it Kyle? I mean, really, <laughs> nobody. Well, that was last year. We'll see if that changes. All right, we'll, t- we'll take a quick break. You told we'll, me to disrespect uh, an NFL yeah, player. I know, earlier. I know. Okay. I didn't say wait right. like thirty minutes and then do it. <laughs> All right, Bill Barnwell has uh, named seven things. Don't be surprised if these things happen in the NFL this year. We will discuss probably one of them with the time we have when we return. Thanks, Adam Schefter, for taking up our time. 3.50, time for the Score North download. This download brought to you by MyPillow. Jonathan here with the download. There's been a number of outlets saying that Dalvin Cook is set for a breakout season. Well, Vikings running back coach Troy Polamalu, not Troy Polamalu, Kennedy Polamalu, sorry, says uh, he's bound to be elite. He's had an excellent, excellent uh, offseason all the way from the OTAs to the minicamp. I just like the way his, his work ethic um, stays humble. I think this is an elite jump for him not just uh he i think he's a a really good uh football player good running back but i think he has a chance to jump to the elite status in this league caller that one's not as no it's not hot of a take as shamar stephens is it probably just true yeah probably he was talking about delvin cook right yep okay if he's talking about mike boone then i would have thought okay this is that was boring i want him to talk about everybody the way he talked about shamar stephens actually i want andre patterson to talk about our show I'm going to get on the audio. I'll, I'll cut that up for you. <laughs> Do you like the show? Oh, man. Rami makes everybody better. And he, just, he just gets in there. And, you know, those ratings that have jumped way up. I mean, you can just point right to Rami. He got here. The ratings went up. Well, nothing to do with anything else. Download. Back to you guys. All right.
Are you saying I'm the Shamar like, Stefan of the station? That's, mm. that's how much credit I actually deserve? Okay, versus who's the what Shamar you just Stephan said? Hmm. I don't know. Is it? <laughs> you know who I think it is? It's probably Declan. Because Declan <laughs> does a really good job and works like 20-something hours a sure. week, right? So he's Whatever like a, he can part, without picking yeah. in benefits. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> As we do in America. Um, so he, he's like, he's like a part-time player like Shamar yep. Stefan. He's not well known. Um, people like him probably in the building more than outside the building because he doesn't tweet that much. I'm a big fan. So not a lot of people would know his name if I just said Declan, but he's right. He's liked within the building. He's more valuable than people makes think us all he is. better. I think he makes, makes us, us all better. better right. When he a does lot of those the, um, audiograms you see at, at score North on Twitter and other social media free website outlets. Follow. Yeah, it's free for now. It's free for now. Act fast. Uh, a lot of that stuff is produced by Declan Goff. Makes everyone better. Should I bring like internal jokes from meetings to the air every day? Maybe I'll try to do that with every meeting we have. Okay, well, I looked at this article for Bill Barwell. Didn't find anything I cared about. So ask me one other question before we wrap up about training camp. It's a good article, but I got nothing. I got nothing. You like, thought it would be worthy of yeah, talking about. I really about. did. <laughs> be I was like, not worthy. I mean, okay. It's easy you know, it's like Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more camp question okay. that you get. And uh, then don't ask me any of the rest of the entire camp in the season. I don't even care what your question was. <laughs> Good. That was better than my question or the answer to it. Cut that <laughs> That's the audiogram for today. Free show. <laughs> Listen to it. I asked, Did you ever go for garlic parmesan or Thai chili? It's like, no, mild. No. Mild. Did you hear the last 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.